Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week on Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. Ibushi is the G1 champion. We put a cap on a fantastic tournament as we give our thoughts on the block finals, the championship match, and the surprises and fallout from the Budokan. SummerSlam was big on hype but had very little substance. We will discuss the biggest party of the summer and the events surrounding the weekend in Toronto. For the first time ever, we will take a look at GCW and their crazy show from Los Angeles. We'll also analyze ROH's Summer Supercard and give you the second half of our favorite wrestler rankings. And it's all next. WrestlingInc.com brings you Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on NJPW, AEW, ROH, PWG, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. I'm joined by my co-host, Paul. Who is, who is particularly happy about his guy, number six, who is number one at the G1. Abushi, no! I'm upset. <laughs> yeah. And you were that night, and it was quite funny, actually. It was. I was, like, cursing and, like, no, no, no. I really wanted Jay to win really bad. It was pretty comical, actually. But um, uh, I know a lot of people like Abushi, so props to you guys who are excited. I am not. <laughs> so Abushi in line to main event Wrestle Kingdom, and you can go to Wrestle Kingdom thanks to our good friends at WrestlingTravel.org. Yep, check them out for great wrestling travel packages, including one to All Out. Today, they released information about a combo where you could actually get tickets to ride the wrestling travel bus to All Out, and it also includes an All Out lower bowl ticket. So you can do both of those things. Basically, you get your transportation paid for, and you get your seat paid for all in one with this nice combo. Go to WrestlingTravel.org for more details or shoot them a DM on Twitter at Wrestling Travel if you have questions. Plus, they've got WWE events. They've got packages, too, like WrestleMania for those of you guys who are loving to go to WWE <laughs> events. Which will hopefully be better than SummerSlam was. I hope so. Oh, my. 
Not that it was terrible, but it, it wasn't great. Well, <laughs> we'll get all to we that. know <laughs> is that WrestleMania will be better this year than it was last year in terms of the wait afterwards to get home. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, we had to wait so long to get uh, back from Jersey on the train. Yes, we did. It was insane. It was. And by the way, if you hear some chewing in the background, it's uh, our dog, Jackson. He's got himself a new toy from uh, my good buddy who works at uh, 4BF Pet Toys. So check them out. Uh, they have... Uh, wrestling related dog chew toys that are like luchadors so he's currently chewing over there on el diablo and that's just just a free plug for my buddy's uh company because he sent me a bunch of toys and they're very durable because as we can say jackson tears tears toys up pretty quickly i mean in like five minutes usually so this thing's lasted days it's pretty hardcore i would say speaking of things lasting days what a segue i am a pro it's time to give our opinions on the latest wrestling shoes, shows, news, and shoes. development. You're an expert. It's, it's time for headlines. And speaking of things lasting days, the G1. Now, see, that was uh, what I was building, too. You didn't even pause like we're supposed to pause. Eh, that's well, all right. We'll skip the music this week. We'll skip the intro music. That's fine. <laughs> you got a little ahead of yourself, yeah, but you, I appreciated the try. Yes. So uh, let's talk about, uh, first of all, the block finals and... The finals, so I know you didn't like the block finals right off the bat because I didn't. because of Ibushi beating <laughs> yeah. Okada. Yeah, well, that was bad enough, but then, like, I love Jay White, and I like Naito, but, like, I don't know. I feel like the outcome would have been a little more in question if it was Naito in the finals because you would have really believed, oh, it's finally going to be Naito's time to truly get the spotlight and go on and have this huge match and win at Wrestle Kingdom, possibly. I think that would be perfect, but I think they're still saving that up. It's just like, man, how long do we have to wait for this? It's going to be an epic payoff when Naito finally gets to get the IWGP Heavyweight Championship again. On, so. on the flip side, Jay White just completely elevating his uh, number one heel status in New Japan. Uh, chorus of boos as he came to the ring against Naito and then mocking Naito with the uh, holding the eye open and with his other hand saying one more win. That was awesome. He's a great heel. He's one of the best heels in the biz. And, and then just having Gato in his corner during this whole tournament has been fantastic. It's been so funny. He was cursing and you were laughing. <laughs> oh, Gato was just like cursing on the outside. And he's like, wait, Obushi won. <laughs> and then he just went crazy. Yeah, yeah. let's uh, let's get to that final. Ibushi uh, and Naito in the final. Uh, I know it didn't make you happy. No. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Ibushi and Jay White. I said Naito. Ibushi and Jay White in the final with Gato in the corner and and all of Bullet Club came out with Jay White, but they didn't get to stay for very long. <laughs> that was actually one of the greatest parts yeah, of the match. It was. it was really entertaining. They all came down there. Then Red Shoes, like, you know, all annoyed and shaking his head, like, get out of here, get out of here. And he sent them back. And then Tomatongo was, like, talking back to him, like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah, this is Come a bunch on. of BS. And, yeah, yeah, that was great. No, it was great. Uh, it was really cool to see all of Bullet Club. And we should say that they had a new addition walk out with them, Kenta, who earlier in the night had turned... Yeah. And he's officially Bullet Club. Yeah. And in fact, another big thing happened in that match. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Kenta turns, which was a big enough surprise. Uh, And then uh, when he's attacking, we get the reappearance of Shibata. Yeah, he runs in and actually becomes physical in the ring. He did a drop kick, and they were, you know, doing moves to him. And so he was basically laid out by all the Bullet Club guys. And... 
Kentus did his signature pose, Shibata's pose that everyone knows where he sits cross-legged Indian style, he sat on top of Shibata mocking him. Lots of, you know, Japanese people taking pictures for all the awesome Japanese magazines. But man, I don't know what this means going forward. You know, is Shibata back? Was that just an epic tease? Is Goto going to continue the feud because they made such a big storyline of Goto training with Shibata? Will Goto defend Shibata's honor? going forward or Shibata really about to be cleared to wrestle and will there be a Kenta Shibata storyline how about Kenta actually hitting a pretty GTS too yeah yeah <laughs> about time on that because we you've been a uh, critical of that yeah he he definitely hit a knee and it actually looked good so <laughs> but we'll see if uh Shibata is on his way back it certainly seems to be and uh certainly by the ovation the crowd was thrilled to see him back yeah I mean he was getting so over before he got injured and he got hurt. And I really, I don't understand how he can wrestle again because he almost died from that brain yeah, know, well, bleeding and Hon- everything. Yeah, well, almost died and he's back, so. Yeah, well, that's true, too. I mean, a lot of people are kind of back that people thought would never be back, like even Daniel Bryan right. that they thought would never come back. So maybe, you know, people are quick to say, oh, they'll never wrestle again, but passion proves to carry them forward and then there's others like stone cold who never wrestled again so who knows yeah (laughs) stone cold wrestled after he broke his neck yeah but after he retired because of he couldn't go on any longer he well i mean he just retired because he retired no i think he'd like to wrestle again i think i don't know i I think he'd love to have that one-on-one match with hulk hogan yeah but it wasn't like he was physically unable like he wrestled after he broke his neck yeah which some people thought like he might not again, but he right. did. And that Ed, whole big Ed, act. Edge is another one. Well, yeah, and Edge actually got physical on the SummerSlam pre-show. Mm-hmm. He did a spear. So, funny enough, I mean, it's not really wrestling. He just kind of. It's kind of funny that he did the spear, kind of like the same week Shibata, <laughs> yeah. both with like epic injuries. You yeah. Know? So it's kind of strange. Like, what's the coincidence <laughs> there? And then also another coincidence. We're talking about the tournament, the G1 wrapping up. Then WWE announces King of the Ring tournament's coming back. A lot of similarities there. Why are they bringing it back? Will it be successful? Et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk more about that later. But speaking uh, back of tournaments, we get to the G1 final. Ibushi and Jay White, we talked about uh, Bullet Club being out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, we want to talk about the ending of it because there were so many great false finishes. And, and, you know, a couple times we really thought Jay White might actually pull it off. But, mm-hmm. but Ibushi uh, hits... It's the uh, kick a couple times at Kamagoye. When he when he when uh, Jay White kicked out a few times, I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I was screaming, yes, like could it be that Abushi doesn't win? But I was just fooling myself. Like, there's no way they did like, let Jay White just win. Yeah. I don't know. I was very sad when Abushi yeah. won. And and Kelsey's notes included uh, boring Wrestle Kingdom no with a. Uh, disappointed smiley face if you're watching it's on, a sad face yeah a, a smiley sad face i mean yeah uh if you if you're watching us on it YouTube. said this is a travesty and it also says this is a travesty because <laughs> i was so upset <laughs> don't hate me guys i know you, there's tons of people who love abushi but i just uh, like little osprey so much better when it comes to high flying and like personality and stuff and just can't invest in abushi i've tried it's hard no i know i one guy you are invested in, and the other key part of uh, the G1 finals that night, uh, Suzuki. 
making his intentions known that he wants Okada's belt. I am super pumped about this. We're going to see this at Final Quest. They'll have their match. And every match they've had together has been epic and amazing. If you look back at their G1 meeting where they got a time limit draw, that was incredible. Also, they also wrestled to a time limit draw at Suzuki's anniversary Mm -hmm. outside in the flippin' rain. That's one of my favorite matches of all time. I could watch it a thousand Mm -hmm. times. It's so cool seeing Okada... Literally the Rainmaker wrestle in the rain. So they're going to meet up again. And they've met up many times in the past. I, mean, I remember one of my favorite title defenses of Okada with his first IWGP, like, really long reign was against Suzuki. And Suzuki worked over his leg in that match to an extreme extent. And I really thought Suzuki would take it. That was a good match. Um, but alas, Okada retained that day. <laughs> but yeah, they're going to meet up again, and I couldn't be happier. And in fact, there was a great comment that G- uh, that Suzuki said after the match. Yeah, he said, you just lost to someone who wasn't even in the G1. Must suck to be you. Yeah, because <laughs> Suzuki pinned Okada, essentially. Right. So he's taunting him that, hey, I wasn't even in the G1. I pinned you. I, I will say, and we talked about it last week, I, I was hoping G1 or Suzuki would be a little disruptive in the G1 itself and maybe, uh, it, you know, affect some matches. So I was kind of su- surprised and a little disappointed that he never got involved in any of the matches. Like, how cool would it have been, especially if we're going to get this match again at Wrestle Kingdom, how cool would it have been if Suzuki came in and kind of interrupted the match with Ibushi? Yeah. On that side of the block. Right. And that was more of the reason that Ibushi could have won instead of just a straight up match winning clean. Yeah. I, I kind of would have liked that a little bit more, especially if we're getting this match between Okada and Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. But th- there's rumors of other things possibly happen- happening at Wrestle Kingdom. People are like, well, it's two nights. Maybe they're going to, you know, I don't know. It's all this weird stuff. And, you know, t- to make it clear, Ibushi does have to defend the G1 briefcase right so that he can main event wrestle kingdom so we're not guaranteed that's what exactly is going to happen but it's been successfully defended the last few years i remember i was so scared when kenny had it that they wouldn't let him like keep it and go on to main event but he did yeah he did that was and, that was a great and, wrestle kingdom. Uh, hopefully abushi will as well <laughs> no don't take away my hope uh let's switch gears to uh the other big event of the weekend wwe taking over toronto for four nights uh we'll get to nxt takeover in the tv but we'll start with SummerSlam. and uh overall thoughts on this i'll start by saying for this being the you know arguably their second or third biggest show wherever you put royal rumble before that um Snooze fest. I was not blown away by it. I I would c- contend the pay per view last month, Extreme Rules, was actually better than SummerSlam. I would actually agree with you. And my friend Warren said he didn't know what it was, but the show wasn't connecting with him. I think that was a perfect phrase because that's how I felt. It just wasn't connecting. It just wasn't adding up with me. And it, like you said, I really enjoyed their last pay per view much more. And so I don't know. And I'm you know. We've said before, we're not big on the reliance of the legends. And I'm fine with the Trish Stratus, Charlotte Flair, and that Trish got to do a bunch of her stuff, but Flair ultimately won. To having Goldberg beat Ziggler and decimate him, uh, I mean, what's the point of that? People like it because of the comedy angle, how Ziggler kept calling him. Well, yeah. And how he kind of, like, played with it. If it was just one spear and that's it, and then Dolph let him go back without saying anything, it really would have done nothing. But it it kind of developed, you know, the 
the direction of Dolph's character, in my opinion. A little bit. So it was better than just him spearing and going away, and that was it. It gave the match a little bit of character. But let's revisit the other Legends match you talked about, because I feel like, honestly, I was living in a Twilight Zone after the Trish-Charlotte <laughs> match. When I went on Twitter... And I'm with you, by the way. And everyone's complimenting the match complimenting how great Trish looked, how it was her best match ever, and all I could see in the match was how slow she was moving, how awkward she looked, and how I could tell Charlotte was the main momentum behind a lot of Trish's moves. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was blatantly obvious, but I am obviously in the minority from what I've read on Twitter, and I honestly, like I said, felt like... Who am I? What's wrong with me? I'm in a Twilight Zone. I mean, I don't have the nostalgia for Trish. I never watched growing up. I never had an attachment to her or Lita. So to me, I'm like, I'm not even that big of fans of them. They're they're great. I like that they paved the way for the women today to actually wrestle because there might not be women today without them. I respect that. But they're not my cup of tea at all. Well, look, I, I liked uh, Trish and Lita and, the, you know, when they main evented Raw, what a big deal that was. And that was a great match at the time. But as it's been said, they are different eras of wrestlers. And Charlotte Flair is so much better than Trish Stratus, as great as Trish Stratus was in her era. Charlotte is so much superior now. And Trish, I agree. I thought she didn't look smooth at all. I don't know if a little bit of it was nerves. I go back to what I said last week on this show, that I thought it was suspicious that she didn't really participate in the tag team match. Uh, on Raw a couple weeks ago or in any of the physicality, and I wondered if they knew that maybe she was going to struggle a little bit. And that's kind of what was the case, I thought. I really felt like she struggled, and lots of people pan her compliments afterwards. And, and yes, it's it's good to respect a legend. I already have a Bushi heat in this podcast. I might <laughs> as well go all out and get this Trish heat, too, because people are going to be really hating me after these comments. But it just didn't feel like a good match to me. And although I'm, we are both in the minority on that, I think it's a fair assessment because I just don't feel like that match quality holds up to other women's matches between women of the same era that have taken place on previous pay-per-views, like anything like Sasha Bailey, you know, Charlotte Natalia even. Like, you know, like it just wasn't or, there. Or or in this very show. Becky and Natalia was exactly, better. Exactly. Was yeah. way better. Or, way better. Or Charlotte's match on SmackDown on Tuesday against Ember Moon, which was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, it, again, like I, I would have been really disappointed had they had uh, Trish Stratus go ahead and win that match. At least she did some of her moves, but in the end, Charlotte was the winner, and I think that was the way to go. Uh, let's move on. What did you think of the new unveiling of The Fiend? I really liked the unveiling. I think it's creepy. Really tonally very well done. Like It sets it up an atmosphere, but how can they keep that up? It's quite an entrance. It's almost an extensive as extensive entrance as Undertaker or Finn Balor. And I was laughing and joking with you saying, like, do you think Finn's jealous a little bit right now watching <laughs> his entrance being like, man, somebody's entrance now beats me in the WWE. Um, this one, like, basically surpasses mine. And um, and especially because Finn doesn't come out as the demon every day, right. know, every match. Right. So if Wyatt comes out to that entrance every time, it's quite 
quite a big setup for that, but I like it a lot. I didn't really like the remix song. I know a lot of people did. I did. I didn't yeah. like it. I love the severed head lantern. That was my oh favorite my part. God, that was fantastic. I really need that for my house for my Halloween party. Yeah. Heck, yeah, we need it to light my porch no. when people come up to the door. It, How cool would that be? It was awesome. I love that lantern. It looked weird because it was disorienting at first because mm-hmm. he held it up in front of his head and I'm like, what the hell is that? I was like, is he wearing a different mask than the fiend mask? Is he wearing a mask of his old face with like a hole cut out? Right. Um, but no, it was the lantern. It was totally disorienting, but in a good creepy way i think it was very well done i do wish the match would have been longer me too um especially because finn's not just a jobber right and he's the uh, you know maybe they're gonna build it up to where like you know he wasn't the demon so maybe they're gonna have another match where he is the demon it'll go a little bit longer but still do we really want to devalue finn so much some people are saying that no no because he got up after the cracking the neck thing and he still kind of wrestled that didn't put him away so it kind of made finn look strong so people were taking the counter argument or the devil's advocate role and saying that i could see that too but personally i still think it was short uh i don't know if you're in agreement but i thought the three best matches were aj ricochet Orton, Kofi, and Seth and Brock. But that AJ Ricochet. I actually would have to add in, like I said, uh, Natty and Becky. Natty and Becky. Because I love Natty. So. Which one would you knock out of the top three there? The AJ mm. Ricochet? Or the Kofi Orton? Because mm. I know you like Kofi the Seth Orton, Brock. Kofi Orton. No, no. Seth Brock, I guess. You would knock that one out of the Yeah, because I liked the story behind... Kofi Orton better. I don't think it was my favorite Kofi Kingston match of late. No. I still remember, because we were looking at our match of the year contenders the other day, right. our list, and I just remember how much I loved the Elimination Chamber match with Kofi. I thought that was a way better Kofi match. Uh, but this was this had a really cool story, a unique end, like with, you know, Kofi really getting mad and angry. And well, yeah, and going uh, all Kofi's out. kid. That was so cute. Gritting his teeth like, I'm going to get you, Orton. That was so funny. That was funny. The thing with the AJ Ricochet match, man, the crowd was dead, dead for a good match. Especially when Ricochet did that thing when he walked on Gallows and Anderson's shoulders to Hurricane Rana, AJ. That was such an awesome move, and there was barely any reaction from the crowd. I'm like, that was amazing. You know why I'm omitting Brock, Seth? Because... Flipping Seth won. So it's eliminated from the top three matches. No, I'm just kidding. I just, I like the other, the other three a lot. But it, I thought it was a really good match. Speaking of that Seth and Lesnar match. I, I thought, just wish, Roll- I mean, I wish, uh, not Rollins. I wish Lesnar would have won. Yeah. But I thought it was, uh, I thought it was well, uh, well done the match. I thought, uh, both guys got a bunch of uh, great physical moves in. I, I loved Brock yelling. Closing time, B. Yeah. Of course, the uncensored version. I liked that a lot. Uh, I, I I thought it was great. And I thought it was it was a good way for Rollins to uh, validate the WrestleMania win again. And now it'll be interesting to see what direction they go with him. And it's also going to be interesting to see what goes on with Brock Lesnar from here on out. Yeah. Does he get another shot at, at Rollins down the road? They said no rematch for him, so... Uh, Who's does... he going to be involved with? Is he going to be around? When is he going to be around next? Et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Lots of things to ponder. Does he not come back till somebody else is the champion? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, let's uh, go to WWE TV. And the big news, of course, was uh, Sasha's appearance. And we both thought it was kind of tacky how they did it. Very tacky. You wait months and months and months for her to return. Only to return at the most awkward point ever. I know they're turning her heel, but, like, 
they can't even like they they're making Natty talk about her dad in the middle of the ring for a storyline, not for pure purposes. And remember, they did this not long after he died as well. Yeah, with, with uh, was uh, it Becky? No, no, I'm trying to blank on uh the right Ruby Riot. Oh yeah, that was uh she was taunting her. Right. Yeah, and well, they even had his face on like a table. Right. Like his cutout. So I mean, maybe Natty's all okay with all this, but it all—it seems tacky and in poor taste to me. It, it seems in poor taste to me, but I'm sure Natty passed off on yeah. it. But it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, and then when Sasha starts beating up Natty, they're like chanting "Thank you, Sasha." Yeah. I just think that is such poor taste because I love Natty. Yeah. I know Sasha's a heel, but like, couldn't she have gone heel against like Bailey? Well, earlier or, in the night or something. And, and But it also goes to show that they're trying to make Sasha heal. This this is what's funny about when WWE tries to do things. And it happens in other promotions, too. But they want to make her a heel, but the crowd is all over for Sasha. You had to know that she was going to get cheered coming back. So the heel thing didn't really work out other than Corey screaming his stuff about Sasha the whole time. But I am glad that she she's should healed. just go home. <laughs> he was great. He really was great. And he was like so excited to tell off Renee and and Michael Cole about why he thought she was bad for so long right. and how he told them so. Yeah. That was really one of the best parts of the match was. was the commentary was him and how passionate he was. And they were... It seemed like, I did want to make this note about commentary on Raw. They seemed like they were really having fun with each other, more than usual. Like, they seemed to really, like, just be having a good time, talking about how they were making fun of each other. And I don't know, it was really cool. Well, I think Corey was having a field day because Renee was from Toronto, too. Yeah. So, so that was a big part of it. He kept making fun of Canadians to her. So, so I kind of liked that a lot. I liked the, all of their repertoire. I am glad. Or not, whatever the word is. Yeah, rapport. Rapport, whatever. Uh, I was wrong as soon as I said How much of that Southern Pecan have you had? Kind of a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah. You almost got a whole other me. segment to go. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, the... The heel turning, I like. Because I love heel Sasha. I think that's the way to go. Oh, I agree. She was getting steel as a baby face. Uh, Excited to see Sasha back. Super excited that they brought back King of the Ring. As long as they don't gloss over it like they did a few years ago when they they brought it back. And do you remember when Barrett won it? Yeah. Like, nothing happened. I believe it was him. It was poorly executed. The tournament used to mean something. If you look back when Stone Cold won and did his epic 316 promo... You know, those are the memorable moments everyone remembers. It needs to be that prestigious again. So I'm with you. If it's to that level of prestige, and if it's that good again, then heck yeah. But I'm glad they brought it back because I I said on the podcast several months ago that WWE needs to see what New Japan is doing with tournaments and do the same kind of thing. And if they do this well with 16 wrestlers, 8 from Raw, 8 from SmackDown, and really let the wrestling basically take over the show... I, I think it's a great idea. If they just cram it in between 24-7 nonsense, then I'll be disappointed. You're like one of the only people who I don't hate like. the 24-7. I, I know. I, I've, I've, I've completely turned on it and gone completely hating it. Uh, I did want to give props to Cedric Alexander and uh, Drew McIntyre. Their match on Raw was probably as good as any match on the pay-per-view. Yeah. It, it was really, really good. Uh, quickly, we'll talk about TakeOver. Uh, again, like SummerSlam. My least favorite takeover, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it was good. It was solid all the way through, but it wasn't great. It was. It didn't get me super excited. Now, I will say Cole Gargano was probably their best of their matches. Yeah, it was all right. I thought Candice uh, going against Io Shirai yeah, was, was fantastic. Really Lots of people said that was the match of the night. Yeah. Lots of people saying that. And in fact, 
you know, I really was very excited about Candace finally getting a takeover match. Lots of other people were too, like Joey Ryan. In fact, he tweeted to Candace, which was really awesome. Um, I love their friendship so much, but right before takeover happened, he tweeted about Candace, and I'll read it to you. But uh, say more of your thoughts while I'm looking it up. Well, I, I thought she w- looked great. Uh, I've loved Eo Shirai's character. And uh, the heel turn with Eo, I think, has been great too. So I thought this was a great match and a great takeover debut for Candice. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely was. And this is what Ryan had to say. Uh, he said, the difference between winning and losing is most often not quitting. And it's a quote by Walt Disney. And then he said underneath, good luck tonight, my friend. And of course, he's talking about Candace. He has a picture of Candace and he at PWG winning the PWG tag team titles which is a great match it's from the young it's against the young bucks where candace got her face all bloodied up from a boot covered in thumbtacks yep that yep. matt super kicked her with i believe it was matt great match if you haven't seen it look it up it's a pwg match from many years ago but it's a gem it is great it is great and uh the rest of nxt takeover i thought was good but uh, again didn't blow me away like i thought the street profits match against uh, Undisputed Era took a long time to kind of get going now granted the last 10 minutes of it was fantastic but they're getting like so over the top in those backstage segments on On Raw on the main roster yeah Yeah. I don't like it at all like with the Ric Flair thing I was like that's so over the top no it's terrible (sighs) no I I don't like it it was a little cringeworthy and I like them (laughs) is the thing I really like them as champs I like them as characters but just like so over the top on the main roster. Let's switch gears to uh, something completely new and unexpected for us. We uh, looked in on GCW. we got to get props to our good friend Anthony at Smart to Death, who kept telling us to watch this promotion. I know one of us liked it more than the other, but yeah. I really enjoyed it. So I thank Anthony because it didn't feel like a chore to watch. It was a lot of fun. It was relaxing. It was just like, let your mind go and just have fun. That's what it was. It was fun. It was pure fun. Well... He may have oversold how great it was. I no. thought I thought it was overpriced for the product. God, you're so hard to please. <laughs> well, fifteen with your wrestling fifteen preferences. Bucks, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have paid fifteen bucks for it, but I. It's a lot better I, than Impact's prices. Well, <laughs> that's that's not exactly saying a lot, but it is interesting you say Impact because it did remind me of Impact. The announcers constantly talking about how how revolutionary G- gcw is and what a great product it is it totally reminded me of don Callis on those impact pay-per-views yeah. we're giving you things that nobody else has given you and that's what it was like with gcw say the thing about the kid oh, oh <laughs> because if you you guys remember a long time ago impact did this angle where they ran over like like the ogs ran over members of LAX's family or the kid. The kid yeah. in the road. They run him over, but then, like, the next episode, he's fine. But for one, like, whole week between episodes, you think this kid might be dead. And so I always joke that Don Callis is, when he's talking about how great Impact is, nobody else is killing kids on their promotion. Exactly. That's my favorite thing you say. I know. And I, <laughs> but that's what this GCW announcing crew kind of reminded me of, because they kept talking about how revolutionary and great GCW is. It's like, all right, we paid the 15 bucks. We're watching it. So obviously, you know, we've heard that it's good. We don't need you to sell it on us. That annoyed me. And little, all they kept doing was cursing, which, too. Which, look, I'm not some shrinking violet. I, I'm, I mean, I dropped the F-bomb as much as anybody. But it was just like, 
they didn't know any other words except F and S. Well, yeah, usually like like Eli uh, Everfly, everything he just kept saying was holy S, you know, like he didn't give any insight. And and that wouldn't be so bad, except he's like saying a holy S on an arm drag. I'm like, dude, it wasn't that great. Well, that is my one criticism of the show is that I like commentary. I don't care if they are vulgar, no. even though that's not like, you know, the traditional broadcast no, professional. That's fine. That doesn't bother me as long as they're saying insight into the match. But again, I think it fits with what GCW is going for. So if you're like thinking, well, is this fitting for the promotion? And it is. So it goes hand in hand. So to me, I guess it works for what I they're guess. going for. I guess. And again, I don't care about the cursing. It just seemed like they had nothing else to say well, except cursing. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> not having in-depth thoughts. Maybe that's part of like the appeal, I guess. I, guess. I don't know. I guess. Uh, I was impressed by a, uh, a, uh, several of the matches. The intergender match I thought was great. That's probably one of my favorite matches besides, of course, the Jimmy Havoc match. Yeah, the Jimmy Havoc match. Uh, a Nick Gage match was just truly insane. I think the best part of that match was at the very end where Jimmy Havoc's like talking on the mic. He's holding the light tube, just breaks it over his head. <laughs> Freaking, I love Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy effing Havoc. Uh, the multi-person uh, match, which I, I still never looked up if, if it was six or eight people. I couldn't keep track <laughs> yeah, of how many people like, were. I don't even know how many people were in this. <laughs> but that was insanity. The thing that was awful if I never see Kikataru again, it'll be too soon. Yeah, but he doesn't just wrestle on GCW. So I know. You can't really say that. No, no, it's not a GCW. I'm just saying he makes Yanu look like Ric Flair. I mean, <laughs> I mean, for God's That's sake. Horrible. Oh, he was. T- oh, I my. do love Yanu. So yeah. I'll agree because I, I think Yanu should be compared to Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> sure they're, they're, they're exactly the same. Yeah. Aww. Don't make fun of Yanu. Some people besides me actually had him in their top five list, not even top 50. Wow. Because, you know, I had him at 17, as we revealed last week when we started ranking some of our wrestlers. I had him at 17. Two people at least, maybe three. I have to look at my list. I've been keeping track of how many people put certain wrestlers in their top five list. And Yanu appeared in at least two lists. And we're talking about just top five. I know. Not 10, not 25. Top five. Five, Yanu. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Keep going with GCW. <laughs> no, that's uh, all I got to say about GCW. I enjoyed it thoroughly. That's what I'm going to say. I loved it. I mostly liked it. I just that's I, pretty strong praise from you, actually. No, I think I think because Anthony and some other people had sold it so high, I was well, expecting to completely get my mind blown. I loved it. It was. Now you loved it. You hated the Joey Janela match. Ah, uh, it, it was okay. It was okay. That that. That wasn't my favorite match by far. Like I said, the intergender and the multi-person match were were the two best for sure. Well, we'll end the main event. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. With Jimmy Havoc. I mean, I thought that was nuts. Were but I actually okay? liked the multi-person match Better? more than that. Yeah. It was the light the light tubes you didn't like. No, I just thought there was more going on. You know, of crazy stuff diving into the crowd and all the crazy stuff. Oh, okay. That's. I just thought there was more to it than just breaking light tubes Understandable. <laughs> but all in all I, I i would give it a positive review really yeah that's good yay yes. <laughs> i would give it super positive i had a lot of fun i'd watch it again in a heartbeat all right let's switch gears to roh uh summer Supercard that was on friday and i guess we got to start from the end of the show and work our way back i think hands down the match of the weekend has to be god versus briscoes i mean come on the whole weekend that includes SummerSlam, that oh, includes yeah. NXT, oh, everything. Yeah. 
Oh, I think I think this match, when it's all said and done, is certainly one of going to be one of our top matches of the year. Oh yeah, it's it's high in contention right now. I mean, it was incredible and crazy, and I mean, it started with the opening promo. It started with them dueling with the chairs. Oh, and, <laughs> and well, this is kind of fast forwarding to the end of the match, but Mark freaking scaling up the ladder that's leaning like horizontally, kind of, well, almost like diagonally against the ropes he scales up on it like a flipping cat or spider-man <laughs> or something and jumps off of it and like i think he gets tamatonga I, I can't remember i have to look at the notes but it's insane oh i mean you you can just rattle off moves and things that happened i mean early on tamatonga gets sandwiched between the chairs there's the one point where uh tamatonga goes through the table and bobby cruz is trying to scramble to figure out where to go to because he doesn't know where to go <laughs> see i don't even remember i think it was Actually, Tomatonga climbing up the ladder. That's what I thought. When and you said gun Mark. stuns Mark. Yeah, the- yeah, you're right. I do remember that now. <laughs> I knew it was Mark was involved. I knew that. <laughs> I just didn't know the other person. But I do remember being like, he's scaling the ladder. <laughs> yeah. He's scaling the ladder. Um, and just so much cool stuff in there. God, Jay's face. Now, I will say, I criticized Cody for blading. For blading. And it's so obvious that Jay Briscoe like, blades <laughs> yeah. insanely. Yeah. So, am I a hypocrite? <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that it it really seemed warranted in this match. You've got a ladder match. It's not just a regular wrestling match that someone's just busted open randomly during. So to me, I think it was allowable. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, the visual at the end where after Jay headbutted Tonga Loa, I think it was, or was it Tonga Tonga, whoever was off the ladder, uh, to grab the belt when he finally falls to the mat he just looks like he's dead <laughs> i love how he fell like that because it shows how much of a physical crazy match it was and how actually how great of contenders god was obviously that he couldn't just walk down the ladder he literally just fell <laughs> like he was limp and by the way let's let's talk about the fact that god was in this match in toronto on friday night and they were in New Japan on Sunday or Monday morning, I guess it would have been, or Monday night there. But still, to go all that way after that brutal match. It's a long travel day. And be in, in that tag team match at the G1 Climax, I, just unbelievable. Props to them. And they must love wrestling the Briscoes. I mean, I think they've, I think they've enjoyed it because, as I've said, I don't think they have anybody in New Japan right now that... Yeah. that gets them as excited to wrestle as as the Briscoes have and you know maybe they don't P- have a lot of options on to the wrestle. other side PCO and Brody King kind of probably get the the Briscoes excited but not like it, these matches against GOD yeah I mean it's two of the best tag teams ever why wouldn't they like facing each other <laughs> they bring out the best in each other and I really believe that uh let's go, go to some of the other highlights of the show uh, Alex Shelley getting a title shot against Matt Taven. I love the Toronto crowd chanting Boston sucks as Taven comes to the ring. You know I love this every time. But especially because you know, you know it's Toronto fans that are angry still about the Leafs losing to the Bruins in the playoffs ha, once again. Ah, Bruins! <laughs> but we didn't get the ultimate revenge. But that's okay. We won't talk about that. Uh, we got to talk about, I think, more so than the match, is the passed out dude in the front row. Yeah, that was... <laughs> awesome. And they use, like, you know, Alex Shelley taps him. Yeah. And then he's like, should I use And people are like, yeah, pointing at him. He uh, uses his shoe. But I think before uh, 
not before, after, actually, after he uses the, sh- the guy's shoe successfully, <laughs> he kind of throws it back towards the audience, back where the guy's going, and then he goes, and it looks like he's trying to climb over, maybe to, to do a move off this guy, but then the guy wakes up, <laughs> and I was like, damn it, I think there was something more that was about to happen with the drunk guy, but well, he woke up. See, the funny thing is I knew about the drunk guy, because we didn't watch it live, we watched it a little later, so I had my suspicions on which guy it would be, watching guys in the front row, and I picked that guy, I'm like... He's gonna be the. He's got to be the one because he, really he was did. acting like an idiot earlier in the matches. Yeah. So, I'm not surprised. But man, I mean, I can't believe you picked him out. I, I, I just don't know how you completely pass out like that in a loud building. I don't know either. I mean, I mean I've I've passed out at home, like <laughs> yes. from drinking too much, but not like in a public place. <laughs> Like, just sleeping on a chair in the middle of a wrestling match. It's crazy. I mean, I took a nap at halftime of a Florida Gator game at the stadium because I had it, too long a night the night before. But In the middle of everyone? Yep. Like, I just was like, I'm going to take a little nap here at halftime among the 80,000 people. Weirdo. I told my buddies to wake me up, and they did. Weirdo. <laughs> well, I was exhausted. Whatever. Uh, Taven hits a couple climaxes, gets the win over Shelly, and then Roosh is the guy that challenges him. I'm looking forward to this title match down the road. It should be awesome. I mean, and he's, you know, he's had a really hot streak right now. You know, how is he going to do in this match? I think it should be great, regardless. I thought the other great match was uh, early on, the tag team match, Gresham and Lethal against uh, Bandito and Haskins, and Caprice was at his best in this. (laughs) He flipped his wig! I don't know what he said, but he was doing great quotes. Oh my god, I love him. Gosh, Caprice is my favorite. Uh, I still think, I'm I'm getting the sense that Grisham is is turning heel here. Yeah, yeah, they're playing that up. Because Lethal did, did not approve of some of the things he did in the ring. Another thing we should mention, wasn't it at that show, or am I thinking of a different show, with uh, Beer City Bruiser and his ridiculous size cigar? Uh, yeah, no. He... I'm wearing a Beer City Bruiser yep. shirt. No, they were sitting ringside, remember? And uh, the kingdom came to them after their match, and uh, yeah, the, the cigar was huge. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I love Beer City Bruiser. And they were like, you know, yelling out from the side of the ring and stuff. They were just so much fun. Well, I loved the... Towards the end, back to Caprice, when Bandito hits the 21-plex, then flies over the rope to take out Gresham while Haskins uh, makes lethal tap, and Caprice is just screaming and losing his mind. I thought that was uh, great. Uh, You wanted to address something. Uh, Kelly Klein was in this show, and uh, she got the win. But uh, more importantly was uh, something that she tweeted, which uh, you wanted to comment about and, uh, and the importance of it. It's nothing about her match. It's about actually her experience with meet and greets and how, you know, she says 90% of the time you guys are great. It's a pleasure to meet you in person, but there's almost always one who tries to take advantage and does not respect boundaries. And then she asks for people's ideas who follow her because, you know, this is a problem for, I mean, I don't even think it's just for women wrestlers. When you talk about there's people who touch male wrestlers men who touch other male wrestlers in the ring without basically consent mm-hmm. i don't like that all the time i'm like stop touching the wrestlers when i see guys like pat them on like the bare back you know i would not like that if anybody touched me doesn't matter if it was a man or a woman like get off um if you know you're i'm just walking by and you touch me that's weird um 
and uncomfortable for me as a person unless, you know, I'm having my hand out or I'm like, yeah, let's hug. Right. Or here, I'll put my arm around you in the picture. But um, Kelly Klein is specifically talking about a pose when a guy tries to basically, or any person really, tries to put their arms around the woman and they're standing behind them. Almost like a like a dance picture or like, like a, a prom dating picture, yeah. yeah but it's so like your bodies are touching so closely it's it's just uncomfortable so she says you know she does say i doubt most people who do this to me walk over to any of the men and attempt the same pose if they do that's wrong too women or men who touch any of the women or men without permission or against obvious protest and discomfort are in the wrong. And I totally 100% agree with this. These few people who feel entitled and refuse to respect boundaries cause me to be on guard during our interactions. And that's not fair to me or you, she says. And it's just, I wish as fans, we could come up with a solution. Well, I've got a couple ideas, but go ahead. Um, she, she said, you know, there's nothing in this on the site that says a meet and greet includes a photo with somebody wrapping your arms around my waist and squeezing me. Think about if someone wrapped their arm around you. You tried to prevent this. They forced it anyway. In hindsight, I regret continuing to stand there long enough to take the picture. I feel comfortable that had I said your meet and greet is over after he crossed my boundaries, I would have been justified, but I didn't. Probably less because I felt I owed him a picture and more because I just wanted it to be over with and avoid making him angry and potentially escalating the situation. So she's not even thinking that she owed him, like some people think. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, when they, you know, other women have to go through these situations, but she feels like, you know, she just wanted it to be over with and not have any more awkwardness. But this is something that happens all too often to so many people every day. We we just want to get through it. It sometimes feels safer in a way to just get through that moment than it does to hold the person accountable. I don't know what the call to action is because some of the people who need this message just won't get it anyway. I guess let's all just try to have some awareness and empathy. Look out for each other. Speak up. Be kind. Understand that your favorite performers may be experiencing things that you aren't aware of, but we are doing our best to provide a positive experience for everyone. Feel free to share suggestions, ideas, experiences, observations in the comments. Thank you for reading this. I love this tweet. I agree with it so much and I wish there's away and i know you have an idea but it has to do with not letting them well i mean two things first of all first and foremost when you buy your ticket to the meet and greet you should almost have to sign some sort of an agreement no touching simple no touching you could probably make it if you touch the wrestlers you will be subject to you know, prosecution. Yeah, but then you get into such a, a cloudy area. Like, you know, can you, like, do this? Can you, like, do this? Not unless like, the wrestler... Can, can not, your shoulders touch? Not unless the wrestler approaches you. Let, let the wrestler do it. But when you're at a meet and greet table... And then the other thing is, they shouldn't be allowed behind the table. It just... There can... There should be an area... You could almost build a little side area where the wrestler can come over, but there's some separation, and you can take a picture... But that person can't get behind a female wrestler, almost like a, a almost like a a rope at a nightclub. Yeah, just separates that person can be there. Now that's not going to prevent all the touching, I obviously. But I don't I don't like that they lay them behind the the tables anyway. One could argue that that would ruin the fan experience, and that fans would be upset they're not getting close to their favorites. I could see. Fans being upset, but I don't see why it's okay to put your hands around someone when they don't want, like, their their waist. If you get to take a picture with a person, shake hands with that person, and interact with them, 
if that's not good enough for you, I I, I don't know. I mean, people, I'm not big into meet and greets anyways. I'm not. Me neither. I'm I not, only met a few. I'm not. I'm not a starstruck kind of person generally, but I know that there's boundaries. Yeah. You know, just like. You know, you shouldn't go up to a celebrity or a restaurant when they're eating with their family. You know, yeah. there's there's just people don't respect boundaries is the bottom line. And this isn't just a wrestler's problem. This is a, a problem in general. People yeah. think because they paid money, they can do whatever they want. I just feel bad for Kelly because that's a terrible position to be in and it's uncomfortable. So I hope they figure out something where she can be more comfortable soon because, you know, that makes her on her guard for other fans who just want to have a respectful meeting, you know. So it's a bummer. Yep. And uh, speaking of bummers and and Ring of Honor, I've got something I'm going to rant on at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. Hey, closing out the show slash get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. (laughs) Uh, But when we come back, we will continue through our top 50 favorite wrestlers as we look at the bottom half of each other's lists and probably yell at each other (laughs) a little bit when we come back. Two-Face Wrestling Talk is proud to be sponsored by Wrestling Travel. Check them out on Twitter at Wrestling Travel. Also go to their website, wrestlingtravel.org, to find out about all the exciting travel packages, including a travel package to All Out, which includes four nights hotel stay, StarCast Platinum Bracelet, and a lower bowl ticket across from the hard cam. They also have a very fun Wrestle Kingdom travel package, which includes round-trip airfare, five-night hotel near the Tokyo Dome, lower bowl tickets to both days of Wrestle Kingdom, and guided tours by being the Elite's fat ass masa come on who wouldn't want to hang out with masa i think that's like the coolest thing they offer you get to have some time with him meet him interact with him he'll literally be hanging with you and you'd get to be a part of the first two-day wrestle kingdom which is going to be really special in my opinion they also have travel packages to wwe events including wrestlemania 36 which you can sign up for information at wrestlingtravel.org and they've got packages to the Royal Rumble as well, plus other events too. Check out their website. There are USA travel packages, but also UK travel packages. So whether you live in the UK or where we live in the United <laughs> States, you can find something for you. Also, don't forget they've got a friendly staff that can help you out. DM them on Twitter or contact them through their website. Thanks, Wrestling Travel. Our Two-Faced Wrestling Talk logo was inspired by Two-Face, the Batman animated series character, and his coin. The logo was designed by the talented and creative artist Eric Hudson. Eric creates wrestling-themed pieces as well as other pop culture art. He is also currently working on a Roddy Piper comic book. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dreaded Dinosaur. You can also support his work by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dreaded dinosaur. Please check out his work. And now back to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. All right. So last week we uh, started for our 50th episode on Wrestling Inc. We decided we were going to rank our 50 favorite wrestlers. We compiled a list together. That we agreed kind of. Mostly on, on the 50 wrestlers that would be on the list. And then we separately decided to rank them. And again, these are our favorite single males wrestlers. Not the best of all time. Not the best period. Our favorites. And current. And so current. not past guys. No Ric Flair's or Macho Man's on these lists. Right. And so we went through the top half of ours last week, which of course infuriated Kelsey because I had Kota Ibushi at six. And of course I was justified in my love of him by him going to... <laughs> no. 
to the championship of the G1. Heck no, man. So now it's time to go to the bottom half of our wrestlers, of our 25. And uh, we will start with Samoa Joe. I had him at number 14. So he made the top 25 of the list for me. Excuse me, I have him at number 11. Pretty good. You know I love him. I think he is... A phenomenal talent. Uh, I wish he would get to do a lot, little more of his high-flying stuff that we know he can do for a big man. But what he does on the mic, even though our buddy Trace doesn't like him because he thinks he's a thug. That's why you should like yeah, him, though. Because he him. is a thug, and he's so well-spoken. I love him. One of the best on the mics. Yep. On, on the mic. Not <laughs> plural. <laughs> on the mic. All right, next, Bandito. Um, This is one I probably could have put anywhere. Uh, from even in the top 10 because I love how good he is. But obviously you could put him in the back half of the top 10 because, you know, we we don't get to hear him on the mic at all. Even, you know, you could argue New Japan, they don't speak English, but it's translated. With Bandito, we don't even get that. So I kind of put him uh, in the middle of the pack, sort of. Uh, I put him at 34. I thought we were going to have the same rating for one <laughs> second, but no. I put him at 30. Okay. Uh, so a little bit higher than you, actually. But uh, I I really love Bandito's wrestling a lot. He's had some phenomenal matches against some of my favorites, actually. Like, remember that, that Osprey match, I mm-hmm. believe? At WrestleCon? Yeah, that was awesome. But, uh, like you said, we don't get to hear him talk very much. And I usually kind of base my rankings, and I give people, like, a higher value point when they are a great wrestler and have a personality I love. Then mm-hmm. they're more of my favorite. He really is more of just the wrestling, but he got a decent... Radiant. And he's still only in his early 20s. So, it's crazy. So that's that's the amazing part with him. Jay White. 29. I have him at 24. I think he's wow. he's as good a heel as there is out there right now, and his wrestling's pretty good as well. And not to mention having Gato ringside, uh, so the whole package. Yeah, we're pretty close on that one, but like... You know, we said this last week. If I would remake this list tomorrow, it'd be completely different. Like, I I was looking at my list after we stopped recording last week, and I was like, I don't even like my list anymore. (laughs) I changed some people around. I wasn't happy with where I put some people. So, uh, honestly, even when I'm reading them now, I was like, I could have put Jay White even higher, like Mm -hmm. closer to one. So, I don't know. I'm not entirely happy with my list. (laughs) So, just a... A little footnote there. This list could be different tomorrow. Well, I mean, these next two are a perfect example of where I probably have one too high and one too low. Yeah, go ahead. Sammy Guevara. I feel like I have him probably too high. 35. Well, then wait till you hear how high I've got him. I've got him at 19. Really? I think... And some people that you had, like, lower. I think he's an amazing wrestler. I do, too. And he's a great heel. He is. Unfortunately... And this is no fault of his. The AEW crowd has yet to respond to him one way or the other. But where we've seen him, where whether it was at Wrestle Circus or PWG, the dude is awesome as a wrestler, and he's awesome at drawing negative heat. But where did you have Sami Zayn again? Forty-three. <laughs> See, I can't even believe the crazy difference in that. That's so weird. Well, I think I think Guevara is much better entertaining wrestler oh my god you just don't know true sammy <laughs> yeah or el generico i've seen enough i know you have not seen really <laughs> all right so he hasn't been able to showcase anything so here's my joke uh, so i maybe i have him too high i probably i almost definitely have zsj way too low oh gosh what did you rank him at 44 what's wrong with you who are you sometimes his matches are kind of boring 
Yeah, but we love him. Oh, I do like his heel work, and I do like him, and I do, I mean, there's a reason he's in our top 50 list, because well, we like him. He's 11 for me. Wow. See, that's way too high. No. Wow. No, it's not high. Too high. I mean, 44 is too low, but 11 is way too high. But again, it's your favorite, so that's fine. Yes. Jay Lethal. I, I really wrestled with Lethal, because he is a favorite, but I put some people over him. Like, hell, I'll put ZSJ over him. Jay Lethal is 16. That's not bad. I have him cracking the top 10. I have him at number 9. That's great. I think he's a great wrestler. I think what he has done for the business, what he's done for Ring of Honor in particular, and I just watched it again last week, the impersonating Ric Flair on on TNA. When did you watch it last week? I just stumbled upon it again last week while I was working on something else and fell down the rabbit hole and watched it again and... Oh my god, it's so good. It is really good. So yeah, I love it. That's him. one of my favorite things ever. I, I played around with putting him in my top ten, but I just couldn't make it work with who I had in there. Ishii. Number eight. Wow, I thought you'd have him higher. Really? Even higher? I have him at five. I, I love Ishii right now. He almost made my top five. Uh, I'm unhappy with my list. I don't, I don't know. Now, I, that, and I made sure you made the top ten, though. That so. being said, I might have switched a couple of around... But, uh, yeah, I just, and then he cemented it by going off the top rope in the G1 oh, yeah. through the table on Moxley. Great. I'm like, all right, where did that come from? But the, the, uh, the beatings that he puts on people, fantastic. Definitely. Cesaro. I have long said Cesaro is the most underutilized, best talented wrestler maybe in WWE. Maybe ever. I don't know. He's so good. And he's he... good on the mic. He's entertaining. Him and Sheamus were good together, I yeah. thought. Um, I put him at 21. I put him at 25, not far from you. I made sure he made the top 25. To me, the top 25, like if you're in that top 25, mm-hmm. you're really good for me. Like I uh, I specifically tried to put you there on purpose and not the, lo- the lower 25. Chris Jericho. Jericho, this might surprise you, 23. Yeah, I figured you'd have him higher. Yeah, I... I... I had him at 15, and I, I almost put that, again, because he's a favorite, and we said favorite active wrestler, which he's sort of active. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because he's active, then I, in my mind, can encompass all the things he's done and all the reinventions of himself and everything that I've watched back to the Attitude Era with Jericho. Well, then maybe I've judged and based my decisions on the wrong things, because I was just thinking about, like, this year— I wasn't really including yeah. his whole his whole I'm history just in active. my current favorite list yeah. ranking. You know, I, I think of where he falls right now. But like, if which is still great. <laughs> yeah, well, he'd be probably higher though if I was making an all-time greatest list. Yeah, you know, I but, don't know. Like the battles with Naito recently, fantastic. I love. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. If I made this list last year, he might be even higher. Right. Or the year before, he might be even higher for me. Kevin Owens. This might surprise you, okay? Uh, so, so Kevin Owens actually got number nine. So he's in my top ten. Well, he's in my top ten, too. I got him at number ten. So you're wrong, then. You did have at least three WWE guys. I guess so. So who's your three WWE guys in the top? Uh, Styles, Ricochet, I believe. Was Ricochet one of them? And Kevin Owens, And then. Kevin Owens, yeah. So what's Kevin Owens' rate for you? I've got him at ten. At ten. Cool. So I actually had him higher than you. Yeah, I had Ricochet at 8, so yes. So yeah, I had just as many WWE guys as you. I think that's kind of surprising a bit. Cody. 22. 
I'm surprised you put him that high because I didn't think, uh, in fact, I didn't even think you really wanted him in the top 50 when I proposed it. I did. <laughs> so you went, I don't know. you went from barely having him on the top 50 list to, to the top 25. I think he's done a lot of great things. I do too. That's why I put him at 33. Even though his, his wrestling isn't the most exciting, he's good. Yeah. I mean, his matches, the last couple pay-per-views, uh, the match against Darby Allen and the, uh, the match against his brother and the match uh, tagging with his brother were all great. He but elevates people. He elevates people. He's great on the mic. Um, his character's great. His relationship on screen and off screen with his wife is really mm-hmm. cool. I like that a lot. Um, I think he's got a lot to offer. That's why I had him higher than you, I guess. But uh, the thing is, maybe he shouldn't be so high for me because I'm never that enthusiastic about him <laughs> overall. But when he's pure heel... There's nobody better. I mm-hmm. mean, he'd be maybe even like 10 or 5 if he was a pure heel right now. Yeah. All right. Here's one that I know we're we're really going to differ on. Colt Cabana. I know. But I'm. you're going to be surprised. I had him at 34. That's uh, that's reasonable for you. I, I actually thought you'd go even higher than that. I know. I, I think you were thinking I'd put him in like number 10 or something. I thought you'd have him in the top 20 I for love sure. Colt. I do. I do too. I wouldn't put him in my top 10 in, ter- for, in terms of wrestling, but the character stuff and the out of the ring stuff and really revolutionary guy for outside of the ring stuff and mm-hmm. merchandise and selling yourself, being a do it yourself guy really paved the way for the young bucks. I really do believe there'd be no young bucks without Colt Cabana paving the way, showing them how to do it yourself. You know, he is a trailblazer, honestly. And uh, I've enjoyed talking to him. But, yeah, for wrestling-wise, he's not in the top ten for me. No, I I had him at 48. Um, I knew he'd be high because you told me that right away. You didn't even want him on the list. Low, yes. (laughs) I mean, low. I'm sorry. I always get mixed up. Uh, Um, I knew he'd be low for you because you didn't even want him on the list. Well, I mean, again, everything you just mentioned is why he deserves to be on the top 50. But when it comes to his actual matches, they don't excite me all that much. Yeah. Um, You know, he's solid and he's funny. And he's great as an analyst, and so that's why he certainly deserves to be in the top 50, but uh, not going to be high for me overall. I just think he's done so much great stuff, including commentary and his chemistry with Ian Riccoboni is wonderful. We got a dog under the table causing chaos. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing, bud? He's done chewing on his 4BF toy, and now he's coming over here to hassle us. Yeah, All right, you're go, shaking. Go back to your toy. Yeah, you're making noise. Get out of here. All right, let's move on. Uh, Naito. Naito, I don't know, 27. Really? I thought you'd have him much higher. Uh, I put him at 13. Wow, really? Yeah, I think his wrestling is great. Uh, his cockiness is fantastic. Uh, you know, the, the way he comes to the ring, just everything about him. Um, I like him. I like him too, but I don't know. I struggled with like in the twenties, in the twenty area. Like those were so hard for me. <laughs> so then let's move on to God. There's only one person like him, Sammy Callahan. Yep, Sammy's. He's great. the one who really messed up my whole list. Where'd you put him? Uh, at first, actually, I gotta say. So he landed. Now I, I felt weird about another wrestler and him, and I switched their places. But now I regret switching them, and I almost wish I had put him at my original place. So he's moved to six now. Where did you originally have him? Five. Okay. In my top five because I, l- I love him, but we never watch him a lot. So I was like, I should switch him with the other wrestler who I watch more, who's technically one of the best in the world, like literally best wrestler. Aw, he's whining. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's okay, Jax. But Sammy Callahan, he's whining because we're talking about 
somebody who's mean and crazy like Sam <laughs> Callahan. He knows how bad he is. So he's like, no, don't put him on your list. <laughs> but I am putting him on my, him on my list because he's wonderful and gross and terrible. And oh, he's the greatest. <laughs> I wish I would have put him at five. So now I regret changing him. But if we're being honest and I'm reading the number that I had rewrote on here, it's six. I put him at 12. I thought he'd be higher for you. No, uh, I think that's a solid ranking for him. I wish we watched more of him, but we just don't keep up with Impact anymore, really. No. Christopher Daniels. 18. So he made the top 25. Yep. Close for me as well. I had him at 16. Kind of like Jericho. I'm taking him as a current guy, but also his body of work. Um, Did you rank him higher than Jericho or lower? One behind Jericho. One behind. Okay. Um, Plus he gets props for giving us such a great interview at StarCast. Yeah. (laughs) So And he had one of my favorite promos, like, ever, where he cried. I always talk about that promo. That promo has stuck with me uh, since the day I saw it. This one might surprise people that we put on the top 50, uh, but he uh, proved to me why he deserved to be on the top 50 with his great performance again at a NXT TakeOver this past weekend, Pete Dunne. In a way, I don't think it's surprising that we included him. It was your idea. No, it was my idea, actually, to include him. And uh, actually... Three people, at least, have put him on their top five wow. favorite wrestler list. And uh, actually, it's actually four right now. It might even get higher because we we're still getting responses. So if you guys want to tell us your five favorite wrestlers, go to at it, find my tweet, and comment on it because we're going to be reading some of those comments next week. But where I have ranked Dunn personally is 44. So kind of low, but he's on the list. I put him at 38. I love his wrestling. If he could... Uh... Get some good mic skills. I think he could easily be in the top 25. That's how good he is to He me. is pretty good. All right. The undisputed, probably, uh, Will Ospreay. Number two. Not number one. No. Wow. Well, Will Ospreay is my number one. Really? Yep. Uh, I should have known that. Our mm. one and two is going to be the same, but switched. Yeah. I, I know yeah. it right now. Yeah, so. I know it now, too. Yeah, so um, I know our one and two was going to be the same people, but switched. No, Ospreay just... I mean, he showed it. He showed it in the G1 tournament. Every match, he elevates whoever he goes against, and the matches are phenomenal. Yeah, they really are. Uh, I just think there's nobody like him when it comes to high flying and personality combined. I love his promo abilities. It reminds me a lot of Kenny Omega in that it's supernatural and it comes off like it's just an interview, but he's actually technically cutting a promo. Like, he did this one right before his match with Hiromu Takahashi, talking about how Dave Meltzer said he's going to wind up basically probably paralyzed, you know, if he keeps wrestling as hard as he is. And he's like, well, that's what I want to leave my mark in the ring. I want to go all out. I want to leave it in there. I want to break my body for this business and all this stuff. And I think we're seeing that now. So it's actually like he's delivering what he says. And isn't that what the ultimate babyface is supposed to do anyway deliver on their promises and that's what osprey does i just i really honestly think he's one of a kind yep he's amazing he almost was my number one but if you guys know and you can probably figure out who my number one is yeah. going to be if you're a longtime listener and, and you can figure out who my number two is by the same measure i just <laughs> i have a very soft spot for who my number one actually was will osprey is so close behind it's not even funny they could almost be tied one and two pcl 33 very close. I have him at 31. He's been amazing since uh, coming on the scene in Ring of Honor. And, uh, you know, we watched a PWG match with him not too long ago. Yeah. And, and uh, to do the things he's doing at his age are amazing. You know, 
I just want one time for us to have the exact same ranking on a, on a random wrestler. Well, I think we're running out of time on that. Since yeah, we I don't think it's going to happen. But PCO is great. We, we both had him pretty close. So. Jimmy Havoc, you're going to hate my ranking on I'm him. I'm sure you have him somewhere atrocious, like 50? 46. Oh. Um, I he, forgot who your 50 is. Uh, it was last week. Uh, I'll find it. But regardless. So why do you have him at 46? Um, I think it's more just not getting to see a lot of him. And even the match the other night in GCW, great match, brutal. But it's more just craziness, I guess, is, you know, like it's. I I don't even know how to describe it, but. As I mentioned in that GCW match or that show, I like the multi-person match Mm -hmm. better. Like Jimmy Havoc's awesome. And he was great on the interview we did with him at StarCast. Yeah. I love him. him I love him. There's a reason he's in the top 50 again, but for me, just 46 is fine. He (laughs) sacrificed his body. His body's so beat up. Respect. There's so much passion there. He loves horror movies, so he's got uh, a special place in my heart because of that. And he's got such a cool personality, like laid back, weird. Uh, I just like a lot about him. I wish I could see even more of him because we actually haven't seen like that that much. But what I have seen about him, I love, and that's why he's so high for me. He's captured me even with so little that we're able to watch of him. Um, so, yeah, 26 for me. And now let's go on to uh, Randy Orton. Randy Orton I uh, put at 37. 41. Very close to you. You know, I had him in the bottom 10 just because there's so many other young people you know, wrestlers in their prime, even there, there's some older people like higher on my list, closer to one. You know, Orton's not that much older than some people that I've ranked much higher. In fact, he might be younger than like <laughs> Suzuki, for instance. Oh, yeah. But the whole thing is, you know, I love his promo abilities and his matches are decent. But to me, it didn't warrant moving out of the, the bottom 10. By the way, you asked who my 50 was. And again, kind of for the same reason as Jimmy Havoc. It was Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, yes. I forgot. One of my favorites, but he was in my 30s, I think. Nick Aldis. You're going to have him so much slower than me. Uh, 24. Yes. I have him at 47. I knew you'd have him like that. I think he is such an underrated talker. I think he's really, literally resurrected a promotion. I can't say enough good things about him. He's carried the NWA. Before there was Cody in that all-in match, it was Nick Aldis ground and pound, defending the title, going all over the world. And now he's still the cornerstone when they're about to launch TV. So he's a very important guy. And yes, I know one could argue he's not the most, you know, entertaining wrestler in ring. That's but why. out of ring, he's got the pomp. He's got the look. He is the embodiment of an NWA champion. I agree with all of that. And so to me, that's why I ranked him so high. He's like literally carrying a whole promotion. I agree with all of that. But the because of the wrestling, I've got him at 47. Yeah, I understand. All right, Okada. Okada's at five, and that means I originally had him at six, but switched him with Sammy. So Sammy Callahan was originally five for me, Okada was six. I then switched and put Sammy at six and Okada at five because I've seen much more of Okada. We've watched him a lot more recently. Okada is technically one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. I do love him, but I just don't know. I mean, honestly, I could still keep interchanging them over and over again. I love them both, but Okada definitely should be close to the top five if not in the top five and he is in my top five now. well it's ironic that you say that because i've got him ranked at seven 
But I said it while we were watching the G1, although you didn't know what my rankings were. I think in hindsight, I would put him ahead of Ibushi because he's the total package and his charisma and all that. In fact, I would probably, I would mix my five, six, and seven now. I probably, in hindsight, would have put Okada five. Probably still kept Ibushi six and moved Ishii to seven. Yeah. Uh, so Ishii was. He was five. So, so I think yeah. I should have flipped him and Okada. But, I would have. But either way, put Ibushi at seven. Yeah. Made Ishii six and Okada five. If I were you, yeah. that would have been the smart decision. Well, regardless, whatever. you had Ishii at whatever you had him at. I had him at eight. I mean, uh, Ibushi. Oh, Ibushi was like forty something. Yeah, exactly. I think he was forty six. Um, I can't even remember. Very top. 46, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is 46. I was right. Good memory. <laughs> All right, so again, Okada, five for me, and what for you? Seven? Seven, but probably should be five. Yeah, okay, so you kind of want to and wish you could revise your list. But I'll, I'll stick with what I put down. But you really wish it was five, though. <laughs> which, in case, that would mean we would have the same ranking. Yes. Which is what I wished. So, <laughs> for one, just at least one. So then Willie Mack. Uh, well, we're very close on this, looking at yours. Uh, I've got him at 39. What the hell? You're not supposed to look at my answers. Well, you've got it on the table. So you got like, it on the table. Don't look over here. I've got mine hidden. You Stop haven't seen one of Stop looking over here, mine. man. Get out of here. <laughs> anyway, I have him at 38. So, we yes, lo- we're one apart. We love him, but, again, another guy we don't see a lot of. We don't see a lot of it. I, I think, actually, maybe I should have put him even lower. Maybe. In hindsight. In fact, I think I might have changed him on the list more than anybody else. I kept moving him all around. Him and Marty Skrull, I kept moving everywhere. I didn't know where to really ultimately put them, but I... I decided and landed at 38 for Willie Mack. How about Brody King? 32. Wow. Very high. I have him at 41. Uh, I love him. Great athletic big man. Yeah. We were introduced to him when we went to the PWG show in L.A., and uh, he's not disappointed since going to the ROH roster. Since we're kind of doing this in a random order uh, and not going, like, from 50 to Mm -hmm. 1, actually, it's funny to look now at my list PCO is 33, and Brody King's 32. So they're a tag team, and they just happen to be one apart from each other in my rankings. And we did say that they're supposed to, we're taking it from their singles perspective. Yes, and let's mention this now. We try to do this with singles wrestlers, and a lot of people on their top five list keep putting Pentagon Jr. And technically, he does wrestle a lot as a singles guy even now. And so we actually excluded him from our list on the basis that, you know, he's wrestling so much with the Lucha Brothers and is so associated with that now. But technically, I almost think that was a mistake Mm -hmm. because he does wrestle, unlike LAX, unlike Young Bucks, unlike the Briscoes, which, I mean, Jay does wrestle alone, but he's much more associated with his brother. I feel like Pentagon is just as associated with himself as he is with Phoenix. So I regret not putting him on this list because he has done a lot of singles competition, including literally currently. So to me, uh, we should have put him on here, and we didn't. So that was our mistake. Lots of other people put them, him in their top five. And finally, Suzuki. Well, of course, number one for me. Yep, and number two for me. I had to put him as number one. Favorite theme song, great persona, great in-ring, uh, and we've talked about this before. We don't know Japanese, but when he cuts a promo, it doesn't matter that you can't understand. You, like, love the promo. Just his facial expressions, his voice. The evil uh, laugh. Yes, and, like, how he, uh, mm. like you said, like, he sticks his tongue out and laughs when people are trying to chop him. And he's like, come on! 
Like, he just wants more. Uh, he's so wonderfully evil, and that's the phrase I always used to d- to describe him. And then on top of that, like, the way he interacts with CSJ. You know, They're a great team. The amount of fun he had when he came to the United States, when he went to WrestleMania here in New Orleans. We said that the... Briscoes versus God is a match of the year contender. That tag match with Suzuki teaming with ZSJ against Tanahashi and Osprey, that's still up there. To me, to me, it's almost neck and neck with the Briscoes God match. Which was also at WrestleCon, by the way. Yes, it was at WrestleCon. I loved that Suzuki match. He was really wailing on Osprey. It was wonderful. <laughs> nope, he is great, and we uh we hope he stays around for a while because he's a lot of fun. So yeah, that was my number one and two in a match together. So that's one of my favorite matches of the year, of course. They were going against each other and I can't even remember who I rooted for because they were on opposite sides <laughs> and they're my number one and two. Yeah. I don't know, but I can't remember. All I know is I loved the match. It was great. If you haven't seen it, check it out. So next week we will review our top 25. We will actually count them down uh, from 25 to one, uh, each of ours, and we'll hear your top fives. Yep. It should be a lot of fun. but Lots of good answers and good lists that we're getting in. And I've been keeping count, like I said earlier, of all the wrestlers listed. And I'll have a little bar graph for you guys watching on YouTube to see who got the most votes. In, uh, who got you know chosen the most in the most number of lists. But now it's time to close out the show and send them home. And Kelsey, you're going to do so with your Tweet of the Week. Yep. The funny thing is my Tweet of the Week is from one of my top two wrestlers from one of them, and that would be Will Ospreay, of course. He says, what type of gym allows advertisements of pizza whilst on a treadmill? And then he put cry faces. I thought that was great because he's so right. Why are gyms doing that? Why is there pizza on TV? I mean, our gym actually gives out pizza on Tuesdays, which is a crime. And they give out Tootsie Rolls on the way out. There's Donut Monday or something, too. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I am with Will Ospreay there. What kind of gym does this? Apparently all kinds of gyms. They just want to torture us. Apparently. Apparently. So, it's just a fun, that was more lighthearted tweet of the week this week. I am going to send them home by going back to ROH, and ironically, it's from a couple of tweets that you saw where people were posting pictures of the ROH show and the empty seats and giddy about it, saying, oh, this is the beginning of the end of Ring of Honor. You know, this is the end of Ring of Honor. Like laughing about it, happy about it. Yeah, and it really, really annoys me because I don't get, I mean, it's all part of our negative culture, but I don't get why people take so much joy in the failures of others. If you don't like Ring of Honor... Don't watch it. Yeah. That's fine. But why revel in the low attendance? Yeah. To me, it's it's one of those things where, okay, so you want Ring of Honor to go out of business. Do you want people to lose their jobs? Do you, I mean, look, I don't like the WNBA because I like basketball played above the rim. I don't like NASCAR because I can't watch people drive, make left turns for three hours. But that doesn't mean I want either of them to go out of business and people to lose their jobs. I don't get it. I don't get the reveling in ROH's struggles right now and the hope that they fall apart. Now, you may want them to fall apart because you want to see some of those wrestlers absorbed in other companies. Yeah. I get that maybe, but to to take such joy in it and we saw it, you know, when people commented on our picture when we were in Chicago for the show and how empty it was. And this is the end of Ring of Honor. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but why take joy in it? Yeah, I mean, I hope it's not the end. It's one of your promotions. Just because of 
the purity of the wrestling. Well, I will say this. They've got to start getting smarter on some of their booking and just book buildings like, like where we saw Impact at Gillies in Dallas. Or GCW in that small building yeah. in L.A. Have places where it only holds 500 people, 1,000 people Because it looks visually way better on camera. You're leaving yourself open for criticism when you're going into these bigger buildings and people can see so many empty chairs eliminate that just sell you know less seats i know they don't want to do that because they want to try to make more but you know you won't be in such a bad spotlight if you are selling out at least smaller buildings at least you're selling out yeah you know filling the building but regardless stop taking joy in the in in the struggles of others i agree (laughs) that's all i got that's actually a get off my lawn that i actually agree with there you go i support very much good good Get off my lawn, one of our favorite segments. (laughs) So I'm glad it's back, Paul. Good job. (laughs) But that about does it for us for this show this week. But next week, a little more light in terms of wrestling that's happening. We're going to try to take a look back at a Jushin Thunder Liger match versus Brian Pillman because Brian Pillman Jr. is actually in a tag match against Liger. Liger and, and Jr. going head to head yep not one-on-one but it should still be great that'll be a super kick in at old school we'll have more wwe talk i'm sure and of course we will have our top 25 favorite wrestlers can't wait (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys that will do it for us this time until next time that's it for us that's the finish